time to expand your perspective. Welcome to the Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. You have reached another Local Maximum. Joining me again is Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well. Last week, we did a September update, and this week, we do an October update. So how do you like that? Time keeps marching along. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, um, this one is – last week's was more um, – oh, shoot, I don't even remember last week's. This one's more tech news-oriented, which is what we usually do. Last week's was yeah, – we talked about uh, Venus and – Oh, right. Last I can't week's remember what else. <laughs> uh, Vi- Viking, Viking That's DNA. right. Vikings and Venus. Yeah, so I, last I didn't week- realize we had a – an episode brought to you by the letter V. Yeah, la- la- yeah, that's a good point. Uh, last week was more of a uh, science update, which is kind of going out of our lane a little bit, but that's you know what we do here on the Local Maximum. This week is more of a tech update, which is kind of broadly in our lane. Now, do you remember, it's episode 139, do you remember episode 130 when we talked about that article from Lawrence Krauss about, uh, you know, the... Um, kind of the creeping ideological activism in science. And, and we had that whole nice discussion about can you truly do neutral science and um, what if you're kind of pressured into being an activist while you're doing science? And there's a whole host of issues that we covered, I think kind of in a pretty balanced way because we, we, we looked at it from a, a whole host of angles uh, um, in, in 130. Do you remember that? I, I do, with with a little gentle reminder there. Um, and, and in fact, I've seen several uh, several news stories come across my desk in the last couple of weeks that that touched on that as well. Um, right. Some, some in areas that I think did we we posit the the case of what was it like a, a string theorist or or a wormhole scientist, right? Someone right. who we we thought would be kind of outside the realm of being affected by this. And uh, I think it was just last week I saw uh, an article about uh, the. The impact of of diversity and uh, a number of other similar features uh, in in the world of nuclear engineers. So uh, that that is an area that I would have initially thought maybe not so relevant, but uh, I apparently was mistaken. Okay, well, well, all of these topics are going to reach um, everybody, you the listener, because today we're going to talk about the uh, the company Coinbase and what's going on there. But first. Speaking of diversity, I want to talk about a Live at Manning conference that's coming up soon. Uh, Live at Manning, as you know, uh, Manning Publishing has been a longtime sponsor of the Local Maximum. They have a Women in Tech conference happening on October 13th, 2020. Uh, It's going to be from noon to 5 p.m. Eastern time, live on Twitch. Uh, And actually, I looked at their their contents. They've got a pretty strong range of topics of interest to the tech community. So I I wanted to point that out, and we'll talk about it a little more later in the program. So what else is going on? This is one of those, another one of those weeks where it's hard to ignore what's going on in the news. Sometimes I try to. Sometimes I'm like, let me just talk about projective geometry and forget everything else, but not not today. Uh, What... I thought the big news was going to be the presidential debate, and now the president has uh, come down with COVID, and I watched the South Park pandemic special, and and while sometimes they were over-the-top gross, and I wish they wouldn't do that, but uh, it was pretty on point. So so so, South Park is, is, they haven't changed, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They haven't lost their edge. I guess so, I guess so. Um, Oh, pretty good. 
Uh, I can't, I, are they even going to do a Saturday Night Live version of the debate, which I was kind of hoping they would do. Well, they, they announced now, that, uh, was it Jim Carrey is, is going to be their Biden for this season, but I don't see that. Do you see that? Cover. Do you see Jim Carrey as, as Biden? Uh, I, I've seen some of the, the like preview stills and, and some video they've released already and, and they do a decent job, but he would not have been my first choice. And in fact, my wife was pretty upset that uh, they didn't go with, who was it, uh, Bill Hader, uh, who's, who's played hmm. him previously. Yeah, they switch up sometimes, and it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey's a pretty versatile actor, so I think he'll be able yeah, to well, and, and pull it off. I'm guessing they wanted someone who would be willing to commit to, to being there for the whole season, or, or at least yeah. for what's left of the campaign, uh, yep. and possibly uh, you know, a four-year term. Not someone who was going to be a one or two episode cameo. Yeah. So, all right. We're, we're rambling a little bit. I think people will want to hear the, um, not, not rambling, you know, we're going off topic. I, I think people <laughs> want to hear the actual, <laughs> people want to hear what's going on with Coinbase because. Let's get to these, the point. No, these issues are going to affect you at your company uh, or, or at your school or basically wherever you are. They're going to come and get you wherever you are. Uh, and, and I want to kind of look at this from, uh, again, with, from a lot of different angles there because this is. Uh, Coinbase, the headline I would get is like Coinbase wants, gets apolitical, and that is very, very controversial. So the Coinbase CEO is named Brian Armstrong, and I've met him. First of all, let me tell you a little bit about what Coinbase does. Uh, they are a cryptocurrency company, uh, primarily a Bitcoin company, and they provide an easy way for people to buy and store cryptocurrency, Bitcoin in particular, online. And I, I think a lot of people in the crypto community, there, there are people who are a little more hardcore being like, okay, wait a minute. Uh, if you, if you want to do this right, you shouldn't like trust this third party. And you know, there's all this argumentation. But I still think that Coinbase is probably the easiest way if you don't know what else to do. Uh, is to so have, create have you used Coinbase yourself? I have used it myself, yes. Okay. Does, does it come with the local maximum uh, stamp of, of approval? Well, or is I, that perhaps going a step too far? It's going a step too far. I don't know if I would. Well, look, I, I would say this. Like, yes, I would rec- If you want to dip your toe into the Bitcoin space and you want to buy some, uh, that is definitely one good way of doing it. Yeah, good, um, good place so, to start. Yeah, it is a good place to start. Um, okay, so they've noticed that um, you know a lot of people are you know, want to use the company for their activism. And so they are doing kind of a, they, they put out a kind of a statement of principles and values, uh, which is a document you see in a lot of places. I mean, Foursquare, we recently revamped our entire, like, um, our, our entire uh, core value mission statement, all that. I was part of the committee that did it. And I was actually pretty impressed by, uh, how well it came out, although <laughs> in terms of this issue, like how much activism, I think that the ones that we came up with at Foursquare are still very open-ended, very uh, open to interpretation on, on this point here, like how much, how much activism is, is too much. And so- no, not, not even the, on the topic of activism, but I've always gotten the impression that these kind of mission statements and, and corporate philosophies and uh, similar, similar documents, they tend to be- uh, they they all sound good, but how much they drive or define actual 
day-to-day activities or operations is, is highly questionable, that it, it kind of gets abstracted away pretty quickly. It can, it can, but they are important to kind of, it's almost in some cases like a marketing document to the employees and potential employees, like this is what we think we are. Yeah, there's, uh, there's certainly high, high potential for value there Yeah, uh, in, in being clear on where you stand and, and what you do and don't. Yeah, and you do have to oversimplify it in, in many ways. Um, okay, so... He, he's taught, so I want to read Brian Armstrong's message. And by, I, by the way, I, I did meet him in 2014. This is when Coinbase was very small. I, I had lunch there at the office, a very, very small number of people. And I showed them some of the tech I was uh, working on, some of like the data science things that um, I was interested in. And uh, yeah, it was, it, I didn't, re- I, I guess I, I knew that um, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency were going to be huge. But uh, I'm glad that Coinbase is still around. Uh, so I, I, I found them to be pretty impressive. Yeah. So and, he, and I think you, you mentioned somewhere else in our, our notes here that they're, they're roughly a 1,200-person company now. So that's, yeah. that's not a behemoth, but it is certainly not a small startup anymore. No, I could have started working there, get some stock options. <laughs> but <laughs> I, anyway, I got my four score options here. I think that the types of work I would do there would have been less suited to my uh, particular skill set. But anyway... Um, so uh, now I, I, maybe maybe that means I should have invested, but I, I was not in a position to do so. Uh, okay, so he says, uh, and he's talking about kind of activism from employees that can be a number of things, political activism, whatever. He says the reason is that while I think these efforts are well intentioned, they have the potential to destroy a lot of value at most companies, both by being a distraction and by creating internal division. We've seen what internal strife that companies like Google or Facebook can do to productivity. And there are many smaller companies who have had their own challenges here. I believe most employees don't want to work in these divisive environments. They want to work on a winning team that is united and making progress toward an important mission. Now, what, what is their mission that they said? Well, uh, oh, oh and, 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 and what's the outcome of this? They said, well, they'll only take positions on policy issues that like affect their business. So bills on Bitcoin and, and, and cryptocurrency and, and encryption, are, they're probably all over that. They're only going to put 1% to nonprofit initiatives, so they have a little bit of wiggle room, but they're not going to kind of overdo it. Uh, they're not going to engage in issues not related to their core mission. And no political positions at work. With, I think they, they, they had some caveats there, so there, there is some, a little bit of wiggle room, but in, in general, no. And so you might ask, okay, so they're focusing on their mission. What's the actual mission? And, and so I just want to read what, what he said his mission is and try to square that with what people might want it to be. So uh, before I get into that, uh, any questions on what I said so far? You're ready to go. Uh, so the, the no, posi- no political positions at work, I, I read that more as... Uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, but my, my understanding was the company is not going to take political positions. Um, I, yeah. I did not read that so much as, you know, you're forbidden from discussing politics at work. But but I, I read it as, you know, don't expect us to endorse a candidate or or, you know, legislation or anything that, that is not directly in that that first bullet point you mentioned. Sure. Related to crypto and, and their specific business interests. Sure. I don't know. I, you know, I don't like people putting all these political signs in their desks. I don't, eh, there's a, well, there's a lot of different things that can be said about that. I don't want to get into that. So, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about there. I mean, when I worked at uh, wireless generation, a lot of people would do that. They put 
uh, political posters and signs all over their desk. Um, and, uh, you know, you kind of have to, you know, if you're going to allow one side, you're going to have, if you're going to allow a Hillary sign, you got to allow a Trump sign. And so that's going to be a problem. Right. You know, it, so, it, it makes uh, it very tempting to just say no signs because we can't deal with it. Uh, but yeah, the, in, in, in the modern context where, where silence is violence, uh, then that becomes uh, a controversial stance in and of itself. Oh, and that's what's happening here. Right? We'll yeah. get to that in a minute. So let me I, just I talk. I jumped the gun a little bit. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, you're, you're, you're right in giving a little foreshadowing. So let's actually talk about what their mission is first, because that gives you an idea. You're like, okay, they're focused on their mission, but wh- what does he say that is? So I, I feel like I should read this too. Coinbase's mission is to create an open financial system for the world. This means you want to use cryptocurrency to bring economic freedom to people all over the world. This is difficult and important work. Every employee at Coinbase signed up because they're excited about this mission. And then he writes, I realized at some point this year that many employees were interpreting our mission in different ways. Some people interpreted the mission more broadly to include all forms of equality and justice. It makes sense if you believe that economic freedom is not possible without equality for all people. Others interpreted the mission more narrowly, believing that we try to create infrastructure for the crypto economy and that, yes, this would create more equality, equal equality of access for all people, but we weren't trying to solve all forms of inequality in the world. The narrower interpretation is how I intended the mission to be understood. I don't think companies can succeed trying to do everything. Creating an open financial system for the world is already a hugely ambitious mission, and we could easily spend the next decade or two trying to move the needle on global economic freedom. We will keep building the most trusted and easy-to-use financial products that help people access the crypto economy so everyone can get the benefits of this new technology and we could bring more economic freedom to the world. So that was his um, that was his main point. I really one point that I really understand is um, you know not trying to do everything and be everything to everyone. That is, I think he's right there. That that is definitely a uh, a trap that a lot of people and a lot of companies tend to fall into, and they end up doing nothing yeah, very I'm, well. I'm hugely I mean, sympathetic to uh, avoiding mission creep. Or, that's, or if if you if you want to expand into another area, then you know make make the business case for it. Uh, don't don't simply say, well, this is kind of sort of related, and therefore we need to dedicate resources to it. Um, it's a we, constant battle at the company I'm in now, too, at Foursquare. They're like, you know, we want to be, you know, we shouldn't go into an area unless we can invest enough to be the best. Now, do they always do that? I'm not going to answer that. But that's <laughs> yeah, what well, they're trying to do. I, I think it's a particularly tricky question uh, in in a business uh, like Foursquare, where you've you've gone through a pivot, um, right? That you know your your mission state your mission now is not what it was four or five years ago. Yeah, well, there's uh, some and, similarities. It's not, and it's you know. it's tough to to execute that pivot and keep laser focus. Right, right. Okay, so there was a, a backlash to this. Um, they are, you know, some employees uh, were not happy with this, um, that Coinbase, I think they see like Coinbase, like we're living in unprecedented times and there are some huge moral issues facing the world, facing the country. And this company that we're a part of is refusing to take a stand. So uh, people are, that, that's kind of how I see it. Maybe, maybe some people look at it differently, but that, that, I think that's how people see it. And so they were very upset with that. So instead of trying to placate those people, what Coinbase did is essentially they're paying people to leave. They're offering exit packages for employees who are not comfortable with its new mission. So 
Um, it's an interesting strategy. Uh, here's what they're giving people. Six months of severance. That means six months pay. Six months of health care. And also seven more years to exercise options. That, that's one thing that happened to me when I left Foursquare. I had to um, either uh, exercise all my options or lose them. I chose to exercise them, but now I've got a lot of money tied up in Foursquare. Um, so um, that's... Um, and, and it's, it's four months instead of six months for newer employees. But for the older employees, it's six months. Uh, so basically... Technically, if you leave Coinbase on this, you can generate double income for half a year. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to find out what happens. Um, you know, and, and also, I, I want to point out, like, it's not unusual for people to be unhappy with a company and leave if it changes direction. And sometimes you have to do it. And again, I'll bring this back to Foursquare. Like, when we pivoted from consumer technology to enterprise technology, some people weren't happy about that. They're like, I was here to build one thing, and now... You're asking me to build another thing that I didn't want to build? You know, what is this? And so I actually think it would have been better if we, um, maybe it would have been better if we managed that transition by giving people nice severance packages to leave who weren't comfortable with the new direction and bring people in rather than have all these, you know, fights and stress and stuff. So, um, and, and that that situation is less, it's more, uh, like a technical business decision and less of a um, hot button political topic, I guess. So it's maybe easier to talk about there. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say two things on that. Yeah, uh, what, one is that I, I think at least uh, one of the the Twitter commentators was saying that this this sounds an awful lot like they're trying to. Well, they they couched it as extending their runway by basically. Um, cutting back on their their staff size, taking an opportunity to do that. I'm a little skeptical that they would give uh, as generous a severance package if that's what they were actually trying to do but but maybe they are looking for uh you know a a a opportune moment to not necessarily cut out some of the dead wood but uh you know some of the more disruptive people who are not happy give them an easy way out uh everyone leaves on good terms uh and they can you know move on more focused on their mission well it's very Um, tempting to kind of try to hang on to that job even if you're not happy yeah, you and, know, and from a get, from a business perspective, I guess I I don't know what position Foursquare was in when they made that pivot. I can imagine it being very hard to justify offering that kind of a what what at least from my perspective looks like a generous generous severance package to people, especially open ended because it's the it sounds like there's no no cap on you know this is only available to the, the first twenty people who who opt for it. They they've right. pretty much thrown the doors open. That if well, if your company isn't already profitable. Uh, that that could be a, a pretty hard, uh, yeah, hard but thing to come up with. From from what I hear, uh, and, and I, you know, I, I I've just heard this, but sometimes these severance packages, even when they look very generous, they could actually be uh, like economically more efficient. It's better to have everybody happy, less people, less lawsuits, less fights, and less. It, it sort of like pays for itself over time. Yeah, um, and and probably a. A, uh, you don't a need tech-oriented six company like this, a, a relatively young company. Um, so, what you, you said you spoke to them in 2014. So I'm guessing yeah. they're they're less than a decade old. Oh, um, sure. I mean, they, they <laughs> Bitcoin's can, only a decade old. Yeah, they <laughs> they can they can execute something like this uh, and and be much more efficient about it. Um, the perspective I'm coming from, uh, having worked for a number of defense contractors over the years, they frequently have um, what do they refer to them as uh, VLOs, voluntary layoffs, uh, which 
tend to target the folks who have the most experience, who are close to or, or past retirement age, and basically say, you know, we'll give you this sweet, sweet package so that we can shift you from the you know, active employment bucket of money over to the pension bucket of money, because for certain financial reasons, that makes our job, that makes things a lot cleaner for us. Hmm. Um, the big downside there, though, is that if you have somebody that's been doing this work for 20 or 30 years, uh, not only do they have a huge backlog of, of, of expertise, they may be the only person in their department who can do what they do. And sure, you could lay them, you know, you could, you could VLO them and replace them with uh, a new hire for, I don't know, 60K, 50K right out of college. But uh, A, they're not going to be as capable. And B, uh, you might need to hire three or four of them to b- even approach that level of capability. So it's... Yeah. It, it, so the, 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 it makes a lot more sense in some sectors than others. And, and this seems right. like a place where they could fully leverage that uh, to, to more I mean, efficiency. yeah, I mean, well, the picture that people want to have in our mind are like whiny millennials... <laughs> who just got there and aren't getting exactly what they want are now invited to sleep. But I don't know if that's true. I'm sure that there are some older employees there who are like, hey, this, is, this new direction is not for me. It happens all the time, though. Anyone who's been in business or run companies or observed companies for any period of time will say that change in directions happen. Uh, there, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But it's, yeah. It, it causes a lot of disruption for people, and people are unhappy every single time you do it, even if it's a flawlessly executed. People uh, fear thing. change. That is yeah. absolutely true, and not necessarily badly. Like people are, are thought it was thought they were signing up for one thing and are part of something else. You know that. They're, yeah, I mean, I, they're not going to be happy with that. He 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 called out that there may have been some some misunderstanding of what their mission was, and I'm wondering is this something that they? Pres- I mean, may, maybe it's something that sits front and center on their website. Um, but was this something that I've, I've never come to work for a company and uh, during the interview process been presented with, you know, this is our mission statement and, and you know, kind of our core values. I, they tend not to emphasize that in the, in the recruitment process, I think maybe that, because they expect you to do your homework on it. But. I think in the current activist environment, though, uh, certain activists will come into the company or people who want to be activists will come into the company and then kind of purposefully interpret the company's mission as fitting their pet issues. Yeah. Well, then that, that was another thing that, uh, in his, at least the open letter, um, which is, the one that he, he said in a much place. nicer way. You know? Well, yeah, he, he said that, that, uh, I, I'm sure that people will misinterpret what I'm saying here. Uh, some, you know, some innocently and some, uh, you know, intentionally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. So look, uh, this is, this is going to be an outrage it led to an outrage on Twitter <laughs> And it, it's weird because it's, this is an outrage if even one company takes this position to kind of go easy on the politics, go easy on activism. Because now we're going to find out, because companies before have been really afraid to do this, I think, up and down the line. And now if there's one company that does this and they don't fall apart because of it, um, or if there's no mass exodus or if there's some kind of exodus but it's fine – uh, then that kind of opens up the door for other companies to do the same. So I don't think people want to see even one company take this position. Yeah, well, and um, I guess it would be one thing if they did this. Uh, it's another to it, – it, it's, it's one thing to not and by the way, for the, get involved for, yeah. in, in the politics. But, but they've not just done that. They've come out and publicly stated that we are not – you know, we're not going to play this game. Uh, and so that, that paints a target on them. We're going to get into some of the specific outrage later. So 
Oh, uh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if it's excellent. Uh, so one of the another article in cryptocurrencymarket.us, I just want to say this is another one where the headline did not fit the article because the headline said Coinbase employees taking the severance, like everybody's leaving, like, ah, this is BS, I'm gone. And then you read the article and it's like, so far, three people have taken the severance in I mean, a company it's, of like- It's the, technically accurate. Yes, yes, uh, yes. But, but the perhaps it paints a, uh, a more dramatic picture than reality is showing. Also- What's the- well, I, Yeah. I guess the, the public letter came out, uh, was it Tuesday of this past week, the last week of September- um, was it was it like the twenty seventh? Um, but uh, it sounded like this this message was uh, broadcast internally to the company maybe a week or two before. So it, it's it's not like you know in in three days only three employees have left. They've they've had some time to digest this. Uh, then again, leaving a company is I mean depending on on how you do it. I, I would imagine if you're executing your severance, you're not going to be doing it overnight. You're, you're going right, to be talking with HR and kind of negotiating your, your exit. Yep. Uh, so it may be several weeks, you know, a month before we really see what the impact here is in terms right. of number of employees. Right. Okay. So um, I, now I have a bunch of things I see on Twitter. <laughs> and I don't even know if I want to read some of this stuff. Um, but this is um, – I what should I even start with? Um, well, there's one guy – who is this? Um, okay, this one woman, Nandini Jammy. Uh, I hold on. Let me get. Let me get the position. Co-founder of Check My Ads says Coinbase announces new commitment to a white supremacist workplace. So that's what we get here. Um, uh, again, it's okay. It's it's. I've seen people who say, "Well, this is like a company in Nazi Germany." And there's people in the company who want to speak up against the Nazis, and then they're saying, "Oh no, you can't do that." But I, it's just the, the. I just think that if this were happening in Nazi Germany, the people who were forcing everyone to their point of view would be the Nazis. Like you know, I mean, it. it um, but I, I just think like you've got to admit at some point there's got to be allowance for difference of opinion, and not everybody who disagrees on everything is white supremacist. Maybe there's a line somewhere, but like there's definitely, so, okay, so fine. There's a line somewhere where you cross the line, but like at, at some point you could have difference of opinion within that, like th- that's both within the line. If that, I don't know if that, that line are, makes sense. It, you, there should be some Overton window where people are like, okay, we have people who have many different points of view here on this particular issue, and I don't really care. Like, let me give you an example. I don't care what my coworkers' positions are on abortion. Very hot button issue. People are very, uh, you know, very passionate about it. If I'm working with someone, I don't care what their position is on that. And I feel that in a lot of ways. But maybe some people have uh, have have a different position on that. Yeah, it's this is this is a, a, a fraught topic to wade into um, it is but I, I think I think part of it is is like we like we teased before the silence is violence it's it's that uh, everything is in the context of race and uh, failure to recognize that uh, isn't just uh, you know failure to recognize it it's actively taking the side of of uh, the nefarious forces in play here so right. it's, it's it's not that you're doing anything uh, 
overtly racist. It's that your lack of anti-racism is in itself racist. Uh, right. And and I I don't I don't buy into that uh, that stance. Uh, but yeah. but I also don't want to get into a long rant about you know critical race theory and, and no no and no postmodernism uh, because and we're we're, we're going to be criticized for taking this position yeah. as as white males to begin with. Uh, but um, no, but look, <laughs> if we want to. If we want to like change the world and make sure everyone acts properly, we have to talk things out. Even if you're a white male, how else are you gonna? How else are we gonna solve these problems if we can't talk these things out and try to come to some understanding with each other? Here's another one. Erica Joy, director of engineering at GitHub, said, uh, "You know, hey, I noticed Coinbase um, did not release a statement on uh, the, the the killing of uh, George Floyd, and so and now we know why a lot of people." Uh, you know, uh, did, did a lot of companies did release a statement because I'm pretty sure a lot of those companies don't really care about George Floyd. That's just, look, I know how companies work. Okay. But it's, uh, but no, but well, look, I mean, they're worried about being criticized on Twitter, which maybe they shouldn't be worried about, but look, I don't know. How could anyone say that, you know, how to solve the issues around race and policing and and, and violence in this country. I, I can't say I know how to solve these issues. I, I don't, can anyone really say that? And so is it okay for Coinbase to say, hey, we think we know how to solve this one issue in terms of um, you know, access to this new economy, and we can solve it really well. Um, and you know, if, if you want to work on other issues, you could do it on your own time. But um, wh- why does everyone have to know how to solve every issue of the world. It seems, it seems like, it just seems difficult to me. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm strongly inclined to agree with you here that this is definitely out of, uh, out of Coinbase's area of expertise. Um, what do they have to add to the discussion? Uh, and it's certainly not on mission for them. But uh, this, this is, uh, it, it's, it's tough to, to argue against the stance uh, that, that the opposition is taking here because uh, we're kind of operating from different first principles. Yeah, and I, and I have another one here from Isa Watson, who is, and and I'm I'm picking these people out specifically because they're clearly not bots or trolls. They're like you know successful people in in tech. But she wrote, um, uh, what exactly did she write? You know, uh, it's not lost on me that it's mostly straight white men speaking out so strongly in support of Coinbase and Brian's position must be nice to live in a society where your livelihood and humanity isn't under fire every day. I feel like I need someone to just explain that to me because I don't look like um, it. I, I can't just accept when like, what does that mean? Their livelihood and humanity is under attack every day. I mean, this is someone who's very successful. She's a founder, 30 under 30 entrepreneur, and it says, you know, classical penis. Sounds like she's doing a lot better than me. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I, I just want to know, like, is it just um, people who are, you know, um, making false assumptions about you? Is it, um, you know, being profiled yeah, I'm, I'm, in bad ways? I'm fully I, willing I, to, to grant I, that, that they do indeed feel that their livelihood and humanity is under attack every day. I think... I think they're, they they actually perceive this, um, and it's hard to tell somebody that your perception of reality is flawed, uh, and and therefore you are wrong. Uh, that's that's a 
That's a difficult position to take, but uh, well, I, here's here's my, what my I would inclination say. is also so, that that there are indeed people overreacting to some of this stuff. Rather than saying, you know, your perception is flawed, our perception is flawed. How do we even talk to each other to say whose perception, like, to try to figure out whose perception is 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 right or wrong, and try to come to a conclusion? And that's kind of the problem. We can't even talk to each other at this point. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's. When these are, well, maybe this isn't your starting point, but but when we have entered the conversation, it is already the starting point, uh, yeah. and and it makes it difficult to get to any common ground with with this baseline. All right, and and so one more. Now we've get from let's go to uh, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. There's another Twitter founder that weighed in on this, uh, who's getting all the who's who's is getting all the attention. But uh, Jack Dorsey, we've talked about before. Sometimes he comes out with some good statements, but. Um, he, uh, he writes that um, Coinbase's apolitical moves fly in the face of Bitcoin idealism. Um, hmm. and, and I'm just going to read this from Decrypt.co. In brief, the three uh, uh, bullet points. Coinbase outlaws political debate at the workplace. I don't know if they really out- – I don't know if this is accurate. Anyway. Yeah, that, that was uh, not my interpretation no, of it's at not. least the publicly released memo. But uh, again, uh, willful – uh, and and or uh, innocent misinterpretation of of his stance is to be expected. Yeah. So Bitcoin is direct activism against an unverifiable and exclusionary financial system, which negatively affects so much in our society. This is from Jack Dorsey. Important to at least acknowledge and connect to the related societal issues your customers face daily. But I feel like they did that. Like I feel like in the first one they said we are not going to take political stances. That is not related to the company mission. And that's exactly their company mission. So where is the, like, it sounds like they agree, but you kind of just want to pile on to show everyone else on Twitter. Armstrong has certainly drawn a smaller concentric circle around what our our area of of impact, area of interest is. Uh, And and he openly said that part of the, the reason for this uh, this clarification is that many people have interpreted their mission as being much broader than he sees it. Yeah. Um, okay. I think you wrote this last one here. Oh uh, yeah. So, so actually, be, be, before we get to that, I, I just wanted to comment. I'm I'm surprised that as a a fellow CEO, Dorsey has chimed in the way he has. I would expect almost more of a, a pope like policy of um, and and you you at least used to see it among presidents. Uh, I will not criticize. Uh, what a, a previous pope or a previous uh, U.S. president has done, uh, because I would not want my successor to openly criticize me. Well, they're different. Uh, I mean, but it's different company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a direct successor, but but it's it's certainly inviting uh, inviting criticism for his role uh, as a CEO. In I mean, he he has certainly been uh, not been without flaws in how he has handled controversy. Uh, political or otherwise, in his role as yeah. uh, no major crap. Demo over at Twitter, no crap. So, so if, <laughs> if, if I were in his position, I and and maybe I was going to say I I would be very hesitant to to start uh, you know slinging mud at somebody else, but maybe he feels that he's been through the fire on this and and he has a better understanding, and so he deserves the ability to to shed some light on the situation. But uh, yeah, so my 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 kind of overall thought on this was. Uh, Hold on, now we, now I have an idea. I just because okay. I, I feel like he just Jump he, in. inve- he invented a horrible way to communicate with people, <laughs> and he's using it. It's just it's just that's what I, I wouldn't have said that two years ago on the program about 
about Twitter and tweets, but that's where I'm at now. We'll get into that. Well, and, and interestingly, we didn't read Dorsey's statement here on Twitter. We read it on, uh, what is it, decrypt.co. That's true. All right, so, so sorry, go on. Yeah, so, so the way I kind of tried to sum this up in my mind um, is, is it all comes back to a question we've talked about before in different contexts is what, what is the, uh, the morality or the ethics of a technology and, and who is responsible for defining that? Um, so, you know, how your, your technology is used, uh, are you responsible for that? Um, and, and thinking specifically in the context of crypto and, and Bitcoin here, we've talked uh, about Venezuela uh, and some of their economic and sociopolitical uh, drama that's been going on there in the last year or two, uh, and how there's been uh, perhaps a spike in the use of crypto uh, as a result of that. Um, so if the Venezuelan people are using uh, Coinbase to uh, bypass restrictions put on them by the, the socialist government there, uh, are, is, is Coinbase obligated to come out with a public statement uh, on the policies of the Maduro government? Uh, I would I would state that they are not obligated to do that. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, that, no, that would not be an unfair analog. And this, in fact, would be specifically in their their silo of interest. Uh, so it, it would make a lot of you know you, you could easily make an argument that they could, uh, but I don't think they are obligated to. I wouldn't want to. I mean, look, I know Maduro is a uh, you know repressive totalitarian dictator, but. I, I don't really know a whole lot about what's going on in Venezuela, and I wouldn't want my company, if I were running a company, I wouldn't want to weigh in on everything that's going on in Venezuela or the, yeah, and, the people and there. Drawing and drawing attention to, you know, to yeah. the, the situation uh, would would probably be counter to their business interests right. and the interests of their users. Who and are if you're going to criticize to help here, if you're going to criticize Maduro, then you'd have to criticize China, and then you'd have to get you have to get into everything. Yeah, you know. So um, and. Yeah, as bad as they are. So, yeah, interesting times. Interesting times. We have to deal with this uh, these days. It's it's not okay to just, you know, you can't just be like, um, yeah, values in the workplace uh, is is a very hot button issue. It's something that I think everybody is going to have to deal with. Um, And I don't know how this shakes out. I don't know how this looks in five years, but hopefully we'll be doing the podcast. The, the what I think is a somewhat unfair analogy was made in at least one tweet I saw um, and not just unfair because it straight up goodwin to the argument. Uh, but uh, they they cited Volkswagen um, as as a company that, you know, they just focused on on doing what they were good at and building cars. And so, well, actually, they were uh, a, uh, you know, a, a central part to the Nazi war effort. Uh, mm. And, you know, the. That company's still around, and, and they've been somewhat tainted by that reputation. But uh, comparing Coinbase to, uh, to to Nazis right off the bat, I, I feel uh, they're they're jumping the shark there, and it makes it difficult to take people seriously uh, when they so quickly jump the shark. Uh, much like that statement about you know, welcome to the white supremacist workplace. I, I think there could be legitimate issues to be taken with this stance, but when you go from zero to 60 uh, in no time flat, it, it makes it difficult to have a conversation about. Yeah, it's like how, what government is Coinbase supporting that is akin to the Nazi war effort? It makes no sense. Yeah, um, you could make a much much easier argument uh, about some of the stuff that tech companies like Google uh, and, and their, their, uh, their compatriots have been doing with, you know, facial recognition and... Yeah. Uh, and and telecommunications monitoring and, and because not, that is that yeah. is being used by intelligence communities uh, and some of them in repressive governments. Not to but, mention, yeah, anything they do with China, 
Yeah, um, but but so, but that's it. Doesn't sound like that's anywhere near what's being done here. And in fact, this is kind of the antithesis to that. That right. uh, the, they're they're working for a a decentralized, non governmental uh, non governmental approach. Right. Um, okay. So I want to just talk about the, uh, the 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 conference that Manning is putting up. Uh, learn, be inspired, and connect with others. Uh, working to advance inclusion in the technology industry. Live at Manning conferences, women in tech is your chance to hear from some of the amazing women in Manning's network of experts. Listen as women across different roles discuss topics such as data science, uh, chatbot products, work environments, and, uh, and, and more. And this is going to happen on October 13th, 2020, between 12 and 5 p.m., live on Twitch. So go check that out, Live Manning Conference, Women in Tech. If, uh, now, uh, do if you, do you know if that is... Yep. Uh, explicitly targeted towards uh, female attendees, uh, or, or is that something that uh, other gendered persons could uh, avail themselves as well? I, all genders are welcome to attend. It's, uh, you know, it's these days, we're, I hate to be a cliche, but it's like, we are facing, <laughs> I, I un, we are facing <laughs> unprecedented times in this. No, no, no. You know, look, it's, um, people are going to be presenting, um, uh, it, it's essentially going to be a, a tech conference and people are going to be presenting, uh, you know, doing talks and, and presenting ideas and, and all of these uh, things. So data science, chatbot products. Why don't, I, um, why don't I pull this up for a minute here? Uh, let's see. Uh, Manning Women in Tech Conference. I'll just uh, I'll pull it up and I'll look at some of the specific ones because I've seen this. So, for example, oh, there's, there's one on careers. Yeah, everybody could talk about careers. Algorithmic engineering with large data sets. That's actually something that I might be interested in checking out. Um, building a chatbot in 20 minutes. So, yeah, no, this will, you know, every once in a while, you, you, if you're kind of working in software, you want to upgrade your, um, you want to upgrade your, uh, um, uh, uh, what do I want to say? Like, you just want to upgrade your skills. You want to upgrade your knowledge. You want to upgrade your ideas. This is a good way to, to do it. Um, and uh, I certainly support the idea of women's conferences because there's tons of conferences with, with all guys, all dudes. So uh, <laughs> that's fine, fine with me. Uh, and uh, and uh, oh, it's, uh, you know, um, it's, uh, it's um, the, the, the topics look particularly interesting. So let's jump to this is a similar cryptocurrency topic. Let's jump to Facebook's Libra. I was going to say a less controversial topic, but uh, maybe not. <laughs> Facebook Libra. I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi. That is a name that I have not heard in a long time. All the way back to episode 72 of the Local Maximum when we were talking about this. It's Facebook wants to make their own cryptocurrency. Well, apparently, uh, well, there's some article now where the Facebook Libra co-founder uh, Morgan Beller is leaving. Now, this is pretty impressive to me. Like She's uh, a, a co-founder of their cryptocurrency. People, CNBC feels the need to write an article when she left. Like It's a big deal. She is 27 years old. Uh, so, I don't know. Good for her. Uh, yeah, but, you're but anyway, feel old, man. Yeah. But, but uh, it, it sounds to me, uh, and she's going to a VC firm, it sounds to me like, man, this thing is lagging because they really wanted this thing out by 2020. And uh, I think in Metaculus, one of the predictions was, will Facebook's Libra initiative launch by October 1st, 2020? Well, 
That just came and gone. And so the answer is no. And we had our own take on this in episode 72 uh, with Miriam uh, on the show that day, Miriam Lee. And we were both very skeptical that they can get this together in time. And we were particularly skeptical because of the difficulty in aligning that many companies, the difficulty in educating consumers, um, the, the shifting priorities of the companies. So, for example, Facebook dating didn't work out because that's not the priority of Facebook, even though people are like, Facebook is going to crush everybody else. Didn't happen. <laughs> um, and also kind of like, you know, a lot of these companies like Visa are work on one theory of how the world works. And if that if that, the way they think the world works has been working for them for decades, it's very hard to get them to change. So today we get to say we told you so. Uh, they're sort of saying that, well, uh, you know, uh, especially in this, uh, this CNBC article, they're saying that both technologies, they're talking about the currency, the cryptocurrency and the wallet they wanted to have, which is kind of the, 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 the end the consumer would be on, have both been stonewalled by concerned regulators and lawmakers around the globe, and neither has launched. Now, look... Facebook probably has enough lawyers to get around all this, but yeah, so so that's not that that's really not the point. It's all just like it, it's a lot of chaos and disagreements on what to do. And I don't think um, I think the fact that uh, Bitcoin is an open system where you don't have to ask permission to work on it uh, gives it the edge. And it's amazing how many people fell for this. They're like, oh, the Facebook currency, that's going to be the real one. Nope. Nope, all wrong. But that's what the that's what the media told us for a couple of weeks in uh, in 2019. Yeah, I mean, I I'd almost completely forgotten about it um, until uh, I think you mentioned something about it uh, maybe a, a week ago, and then I, I saw that the uh, the related metaculous question, which apparently I, I put a prediction in. Uh, yeah, so did back I. In uh, October of 2019, which oh god, that seems so long ago. Uh, that, that, yeah. that paid out with some points this week. Uh, just think, where will we be in October 2021? Yeah. I, I will note points. that it was uh, it was not enough points to counterbalance the points I lost uh, when they announced that Trump had COVID. So. Oh, you've bet on that, too? I don't <laughs> yeah. think I bet on that. So. <laughs> that, that completely wiped out my Libra winnings. Not, uh, not that it's cash money. It's, 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 you know, I won't say meaningless points, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, only meaningful in the context of metaculus. I kind of, uh, yeah, I kind of prefer that to predict it in some ways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, finally, I want to get to this one last article because it's also related to stuff we talk about. Uh, it's from the Daily Star. Uh, AI deepfake videos. That means fake videos of things uh, depicting things happening that never happened are to make up 90% of online content in just five years. This is from a new book from Nina uh, Schick. Uh, the new book is Deep Fakes, The Coming Info in Infocalypse. Infocalypse? I don't know. Uh, predicts the rise of sophisticated artificial intelligence uh, driven fake news, which will completely derail democracy. So I don't. maybe I could try to get her on the show because that sounds like an interesting topic. But um, let's talk a little bit about this. Um, first of all, I know this is Daily Star, and I was like, what's the, you know, what is the Daily Star as a source? And I think you wrote, it looks like a little uh, tabloid, but I, yeah, this, this according is... According to Wikipedia, it is indeed a tabloid. Okay, but um, it looks like a real book. they can't do legit uh, yeah. investigative reporting, but it casts some doubt on their, uh, yeah. their bona fides. So you think 90% is way too high? I, I do too, but I still think it's going to be a lot. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess it depends on what they define as a deep fake and, and right. what they're defining as all online content. Um, right. I, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's got some open-ended criteria, but I, I, I certainly don't think we're going to be seeing less of it than we do now. Right, sure. So um, one thing that I noticed is that people share fake stuff even if it's easily debunked. Some people do it purposefully to get people all worked up some people, you know, Michael Malice is good at that. He'd be like, you know, when, uh, you know, thank God we took down the Berlin Wall that uh, Hitler put up. You know, he'll say things like that. And people get all mad. And <laughs> it's just, you know. I feel like he's riffing on that line in Animal House. Yeah, yeah. About, I, you know, when, when the, the Germans bombed us at Pearl Harbor. And like, no, 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 don't stop him. He's on a roll. Yeah, exactly. And, and so people will share fake stuff. Um, and... Some people will share fake stuff just because it fits their their team winning. Um, and yeah, I'm, so- I'm I'm always curious how much of that is uh, kind of malicious trolling or 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 you know knowingly sharing it uh, versus I was fooled versus I thought maybe it might be fake, but I like what it says, so I'm just not going to look deep enough to know so that I have plausible deniability because because I think all of those things happen. Uh, but I have no idea what the, yeah. the distribution there is. Have you ever shared something on social media where you're like, oh, wait, that turned out to be wrong? Where I've, I've definitely, well, I, I don't share much on social media, but I've definitely passed something around where I did not realize until after I'd shared it that it was either fake or, or I, I feel like what's happened more often. I have too. Is, it's it's well, so embarrassing. Something that's then been then like, uh, discredited or... I have on at least one occasion shared something that I didn't realize it was a, a spoof yeah. uh, and, until after the fact. Uh, and hey, you feel foolish, but... You do. But it, some it people happens. don't. We can't I feel all like, be on all the time. I feel like half the population don't, doesn't care. They don't feel foolish at all. They'll just keep doing it. Mm. So that's, that's also a problem. But yes, even if you feel a little foolish doing it, you still, everyone falls into it from time to time. Um, could a politician who says something bad write it off as a deep fake? I don't think that's possible right now. I think there's too many um, opportun- There's too many ways to like verify something. Could this change in the future? I don't know. Maybe it. Uh, you know, maybe it. Yeah, I mean, th- could- this has certainly been the 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 pe- professionals in the space that has been their real concern since day one. It's not so much uh, a concern over uh, a, a video of you know. Uh, a, a deep fake of Obama throwing around the N word, uh, as it is of, uh, of, of, you know, something like the equivalent of the, the Trump access Hollywood tapes coming out and him saying, Oh, it's not real. It's a deep fake. Uh, and, and that being believable. And, and this isn't that, uh, that far of a stretch because we've, mm. we've poisoned the well, so to speak. We know that those deep fakes are out there. Uh, it's just like, uh, we know that there's actual fake news out there. I there's, think there's somewhat there's detectable shoddy reporting. So it makes it really easy for someone like Trump to anything he disagrees with or doesn't like to say, oh, it's just fake news. And that gets a, you know, non-zero, uh, possibly uh, double digit percentage of people to uh, say, yeah, he's probably right and dismiss it out of hand and, and not look any further. Yeah. So, uh, so, and so I, I do want to, I would question more about this whole, like, is, this, is democracy doomed by this? I want to know. That, that has to be fleshed out a little bit. Like, what do they even mean by democracy? Do they just mean, like, okay, voters aren't going to have good information? 
Yeah, um, that, that strikes me as a little bit too chicken little right off the bat. Um, and maybe it's just because I've heard uh, so many things in, in the last 18 months talking about how uh, our democracy is in peril and, and it's all coming crumbling down around us. But I, I, I think a statement like uh, democracy is doomed uh, for this particular reason, it, it presumes that the average voter it used to be well-informed. Um, and, and I dispute that. I think, uh, and, and not based on any solid evidence here, but I, I would stipulate that uh, voters today are no more, no more poorly informed than voters 20 or 30 years ago. Hmm. Um, that the biggest difference is that uh, we were all misinformed with the same misinformation 30 years ago. And now it is possible that we can have many different flavors of misinformation. So instead of all being wrong together, we are all wrong separately. Uh, I feel like people, I, I, I have to believe, just because I'm an optimist, that a backlash against social media is coming. Um, and you know, people will start, I don't know, not trying to ingest more information than is healthy, that, that is actually giving them more knowledge or wisdom. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe that's too optimistic towards humanity. I know a lot of people I, don't I, share. I my, feel like uh, the only way that would happen is with a resurgent Luddite movement, and and I don't I don't see that taking grasp. Mm. I I think we'll certainly see. I mean, we have seen, and we will continue to see uh, backlash against certain uh, technology platforms, social media platforms, and companies. Uh, but I think that's only going to serve to move them out of the top spot and have. Uh, new players enter into that space who are going to uh, necessarily be even worse. You know what I saw on TV today? On TV today, I, I turned it on and, and they were replaying the 1960 presidential debate between Kennedy and Nixon. Uh, some, somebody shared that recently and, and said, you know, this, this is what a debate looks like. Yeah, like, I thought I was at like... at least being civil and, and, you know, they're finishing their sentences and you get a clear understanding of what they stand for, even though they probably hated each other and didn't agree on much of anything. They didn't really show that they hated each other, at least not in, in the way they yeah, did because, because that's not professionally relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but we are so far from that today. Yeah, I got it. And, and you know, I started to think, what if, what if they could come around today and see that last debate uh. between Trump and, and, and Biden? What would they think? And then I realized that uh, Nixon would say, Oh, hey, it's Joe Biden. I remember when he was in the Senate when I was president. <laughs> so, oh, low blow. Low blow. <laughs> it's true, though. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Well, so and, I guess and, they, and, I, they would have changed with the times, too. Is, is what, to, to, to bring that back to what we were talking about here, uh, the, the same exact – everybody was looking at that debate and saying, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a travesty. It's a shame. How could they do that? But that is exactly what we are doing on social media every day, that – that it's it's the same evolution we've seen there. Yeah. The same lack of civility, the inability to uh, you know complete a thought. It's 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 practically a one to one ratio there between what we're seeing in the presidential debates and what we've seen happen in uh, civil discourse in this country. So yeah, we we don't deserve to be surprised. Well, it'd be interesting to see what happens in the vice presidential debate this week. I'm I'm wondering if they could pull that pull it back just a little bit. Um, and yeah, I don't know if they but, have any different rules or, or maybe people will just follow the rules this time. I don't uh, know. I mean, I, at some I don't point, recall Pence's debate prowess. So I, I, I can't, uh, I mean, he's, visualize he's what it's going to be like. more likely to follow the rules than, than Trump. I, I would expect that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no people that used to follow the rules, like even when I was growing up, 
people say, oh, time is up, time is up, that's it, and I'll let the other person talk. And that, um, you know, back in the old, that already makes me feel old. Um, yeah, well, but, and, uh, and, and this year, uh, the, the vice presidential debate, I mean, I hate to say it, is in some ways almost like the presidential debate, because uh, either of them could end up as, as president. Uh, but yeah, I was um, say, well, you, you, you mentioned watching TV. Uh, you know, it's most most television talk shows. They have uh, what is it? You know, the, the octagon. They've got four, five, six, twelve people in their little boxes on the screen, and they're all shouting at each other at the same time, trying to yeah. get a word in. Edgewise, it's it, we we just had a, a two person version of that at the well, three if you count the moderator at the last debate. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just well, I, I am increasingly coming around to the hypothesis that social media is or can be or often is or probably usually is very harmful to people. And it would be like telling people you could eat all the cake and ice cream you want and there will be no negative consequences. So imagine like the first people who, uh, who discovered ice cream. They're just like, oh, this is great. I'll just eat, 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 eat. And, um, you know, and bad things will happen. And then eventually people realize that those bad things are happening to them. And they're like, all right, maybe we have to talk about this. Maybe we have to cut back or like, you know, gambling maybe or something. So I, I think that might end up being the case and that might be where the backlash comes from. I don't know if we need a new Luddite movement, but I don't know. I think your fears about TV and video games have been overstated in the past. So I'm not entirely sure, but that's sort of, that's sort of what I'm, I'm coming around to, uh, or at least that's something. That's an idea that that I'm going to look more into. Yeah. Well, I, what what is what is the cure? Uh, I mean, I've I haven't gotten on to Twitter, so I I've I've maybe dodged that bullet, and I I quit Facebook uh, a number of years back. But I I spend too much time doom scrolling on my phone, even without those. So it's it's not not I know to divorce yourself from it. Have you ever? It's it's amazing. You quit one thing, and then you fall into something else so quickly that's almost a replacement yeah, well, the, the and it's a problem beat an addiction is to replace it with a different addiction uh, and and that's, that, that's something we've known from you know uh smokers and alcoholics and gamblers for a long time that's got to be it uh yeah i mean sometimes it's it's better but there's there's also got to be a better way sometimes um all right so uh i think this the topics today are not all negative. I think we're really starting to get to the root of some of the issues that we're facing as a society and some of the issues that we're facing on, on, the, on the internet and as, as companies. And so uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little more optimistic that we're at least talking about this stuff and uh, trying, to, you know, trying to actually get at the root of what the problem is. Um, I'm glad somebody can spot the silver lining here because it's hard <laughs> sometimes. I know, I know, but... Uh, um, I am, uh, I, I, I am optimistic. I'm optimistic about, I think that Coinbase, even though it's very, um, you know, it, it, people are very mad. I think people are actually, some ideas are being, are seeping through back and forth. I don't think it's just people shouting at each other. Um, I think people are looking at these deep fakes and saying, well, wait a minute, what are we, uh, you know, where are we going with this? How 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 could this be helpful? And and maybe looking at, okay, how how can we use this technology in a positive way rather than a negative way? So I think yes, I think there is some reason to be hopeful. I hate to be what isn't there a name for someone who's always too cheerful even as the world is ending? Is there like a name for that? I know uh, there's. 
I'm I'm thinking of of being a Pollyanna. But, yes. Uh, I, I'm, is, is that that's what you were thinking? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, I mean, you know I'm not a Pollyanna, but th- th- I'm just. There a, are times when being an eternal optimist sounds nice. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Cool. I think, um, well, sometimes we get exactly an hour in. I think we got that today. Any last thoughts on all this? Uh, you know, stay, stay healthy out there, folks. Uh, we're, we're in this for the long haul. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but at least when we're recording this, you know, it's, it's only a month until the election. And then we can maybe move on with our Yeah, okay. I, I know. know. The, the 140s will we'll have a lot of election type stuff, and then we'll move on. So that'll be great. All right. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. Remember to check out the website at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, or ask a question that I can answer on the show, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. This show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe to The Local Maximum on one of these platforms and to follow my Twitter account at MaxSklar. Have a great week. Feel the power.